Welcome to the Magnify podcast. Magnify is a platform at the intersection of faith, feminism, and fashion. During these episodes, we have conversations with dynamic individuals that we hope will leave you intrigued, inspired, and informed. With new companies and brands surfacing every day, as an entrepreneur starting out, how can you build a brand identity which stands firmly apart from the rest? In this episode, I spoke to Jenny Woods, founder of JWU Social, a social marketing company. She's built her brand from scratch and has now worked with companies such as the BBC, Disney, Warner Brothers, the National Theatre, and many, many more. In this episode, Jenny spoke about the benefits of remaining true to yourself as an entrepreneur, how she overcame imposter syndrome, and how cultivating and nurturing professional relationships throughout her career has been key to her company's growth. Let's listen in. Okay, thank you so much, Jenny, for joining us. And um, I'd like to ask our um, interviewees kind of some introductory questions so our audience can get to know you. So if you could have a dinner party with four guests from any era, who would they be and why? Ooh, um, so I think I would love to have a dinner party with my grandma when she was my age. That would be quite an interesting one to... Um, uh, chat to um, and then on that same vein I think it'd be really interesting to have a dinner party with my future like generations hopefully future grandchildren that would be kind of fun as well um, Cheryl Sandberg I really think she would be great to talk to and then the fourth person I think would probably be Jesus just so I can grill him myself and like (laughs) find out more um straight from the horse's mouth so that'll be kind of interesting as well amazing um and what's a surprising or weird fact about you um surprising is that i've got different colored eyes potentially also weird (laughs) i've never met anyone (laughs) yeah it's really it's one of my eyes are blue and one of them is brown so it's quite obvious like yeah that's quite cool it's called heterochromia Oh, wow. And I've learned a new fact today. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and finally, um, obviously being an entrepreneur, how do you actually find time to switch off and what helps you relax? Um, I mean, I do a lot of walking. I've got a golden retriever, so we go off walking just the two of us a lot. And that's and I try really hard to put my phone away and like use that as a time to just let my brain wander. But then also, I just love a social occasion and put me in a in a room full of friends or community or whatever and I'm just sort of I come alive I'm a bit of an extrovert like that so that is actually the thing that brings me a lot of energy and I don't know if it necessarily means I relax but I, I definitely get my mind off I'm very in the moment you know my mind's not on anything else so I love that oh amazing um so getting into your childhood because I always like to see how mm. people's upbringing and childhood experiences shaped who they are today um what was your childhood like and what were some of the values that shaped you yeah um so I grew up in um, a village called Windlesham in Surrey um with my mum and dad and my two older brothers and our dogs and things um yeah and I, I said really really lovely childhood really supportive um family um not a Christian family but um a family that taught me to have a lot of self-confidence and believe in myself and you know I can do whatever I want and quite a jovial family as well like um 
yeah, everyone's always taking the mick out of each other and, um, yeah, never really taking life too seriously, I guess. Um, yeah, my dad is, uh, or was, is an entrepreneur. Um, and both my brothers have started their own businesses as well. So, and mum's freelance contractor, um, journalist. So I feel like all of us have always kind of, um, managed our lives very much like how we want to we've never sort of had nine to five so I've never grown up knowing that so it's probably where me starting my own business has come from as well amazing um so even from our first conversation you were just full of such joy and confidence you said that um growing up particularly because you're you come from a very entrepreneurial and very kind of jokey and warm family confidence was birthed there Mm -hmm. have you always had this much confidence and where does that come from Oh, have I always had this much confidence? I mean, yes and no. I mean, I feel like I was, um, I was actually probably incredibly um, cocky in my confidence when I first sort of um, got into the working world and stuff. I thought I could do anything, um, which is awesome. I wish I could like bottle that and keep that. But I think as you get older, like you do start to doubt yourself a bit more and um, yeah, like have... um, imposter syndrome and things like that but yeah no and then I had I did have a period of time in my life where I really really did lose quite a lot of confidence quite significantly um it was quite a dramatic moment in my life really where um I was with a a partner and, and it just was not a really great situation that was in for like four years it was quite um quite controlling I'm sort of the per- sort of person that will give my whole heart and everything to something that I'm passionate about or someone I'm passionate about um and that was slightly taken advantage of and and I think over the course of four years um I really did lose my confidence with him and and actually the the two of us um started a business um together I originally was going to just be me starting the business that I'm now currently doing but it kind of um got sidetracked to being this other tech um business that we created together and in that I like lost who I was really um which is quite an interesting time but I did um get out of that and then the odd thing is actually that when I um got out of that I actually became less confident because i then I didn't even have that one person that I was relying on anymore. So then I really had nothing and I was quite, I was a shell of the sort of person that I probably used to be like four years earlier. So that was quite a big um, process for me to try and like regain that confidence and, and find out who I was and remind myself who I am. Well, wow. because I know kind of speaking to friends as well, knowing that when we're in our 20s, particularly when we can be in long-term relationships, you know, whether they're positive or negative, if you come out of that, given that our 20s can be such a formative time, it can be, um, yeah, you just can feel quite out of balance, kind of reintroducing mm. yourself to the world when, in a sense, you had a future planned that was going to look in a certain way. So I can completely identify with that. Um, so what kind of changed from the end of that point to where you are now in terms of regaining your confidence? So I think I uh, I started having to just piece things back together slowly. And I'm the sort of person that wants something like straight away. So it was quite frustrating that it would sort of have to happen quite slowly. Um, but I sort of managed to get my own flat, which was amazing. So that gave me like a sense of, a, a huge sense of achievement actually to buy my own flat. And that, get, that sort of empowered me in one respect. I know that's um, quite materialistic respect. And then um, I just spent some more time like reaching out to friends and giving quality time to friends. Um, and then from a spiritual sense, I 
I've never, I've had like different times where I've sort of gone to church and things, but as I said, I wasn't brought up in a Christian family. And I think I, at that moment when I felt really down, I decided to go and try Alpha with HTB Church, which is a church in South Kensington. And um, I went along just to do the course and I guess I sort of felt like I didn't have anything left. So I thought I wanted to find something that could fill me up again and and make me feel like whole. And I was looking for that, um, yeah, for that. And um, so when I went along to this course, I, um, I sort of felt that sense of being home actually on the first day and (laughs) quite amazingly. Um, so on the first alpha session, uh, the next day I lost my job that I had at the time. So I was really struggling to sort of hold down any work at the, at the time because I just wasn't myself. And I actually lost my job, which was the best thing ever because I don't think I could have quit my job because in on paper it was everything I'd wanted. It was head of social media and entertainment marketing agency. But I lost it, which was great because it really, really was not working out for me. I hated it and I knew I wasn't the right person for them. And I think I feel now looking back as a Christian, I feel God did that for me at that moment because I had a community around me and a support structure around me during that alpha course, like 11 weeks of that course that could help um, give me some sense of structure during that time. Um, And then, so I I went away on the alpha weekend away and um, I started learning about how to sort of pray on things um and so I prayed that um God would help me build this business building a social media marketing agency in the entertainment world amazing um so obviously um getting into business can be quite daunting even if you've had parents who um are in it firstly how did you see that there was a gap in the market and what kind of led you to found your agency so weirdly like I don't I don't think I really looked at it in terms of like a gap in the market I feel like I very much just felt like I know where my skills are and what I can bring and I know also what I'm passionate about for me it wasn't about um, deciding um, how I can create a business it was what's going to make me happy and what's going to bring me like joy and, and passion in what I'm doing and so I knew that it had to be entertainment, it had to be like theatre. So I, the, the, my clients at the moment are like theatres, events and attractions, um, a charity that specifically works a lot with women around the world. So things that like mean a lot to me. Um, so I knew it had to be clients I cared about. And I knew it had to be something that I knew I had a skill in. Otherwise, I would feel like a fraud. Like I, I, that's sort of how I felt in the previous business that was in the tech world. I felt like a fraud because I, I didn't know how to do anything in that field and I think just to go back you made a really interesting point which is something I come across when I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs that it's less about waking up one day and thinking I want to start a business but as you say finding something that you enjoy that you're good at that actually you want to dedicate your working time to so yeah it's really affirming to hear that that was how it was for you as well yeah and actually it wasn't it's yeah it's that weird thing it's like even if you it's not, it isn't the creating the business type thing. It's just the way that I am. Like even during lockdown now, like if I'm getting really, I get all these like ideas about something that I might go and do and I'll just go and do it. Like, um, different projects that aren't about making money, but it's just, oh, that would be so cool. I'm going to go do that. So 
even though you didn't set off to start a business, you were following a passion. Um, given that kind of agencies already exist, particularly, I assume getting clients in the theatre and event space can be quite competitive. Um, what has given you the confidence as your business has continued to grow and progress? So I think the way that I've got the business that I've got, so some of my clients are like um, Anne Juliet, so the newest West End musical and Warner Brothers studio tour, so the Harry Potter tour. So they're like really, really big um, clients. So I'm really honoured and humbled that I've got them. And I think a lot of that's come from just my contacts. So I've, I've always, I think I've been gifted with an ability to make connections with people and I'd say friendships with people quite easily and that comes from a really genuine place like I I genuinely like really love people and finding out about them and hearing about them um and equally I love doing a good job and like making people like um happy with the work that I'm doing and I've always been like that whenever I've had you know jobs from when I was you know 20 all the way through so I think me keeping my contacts has meant that it hasn't been that difficult going into a pitch because um nine times out of ten they've actually been my friends um who have brought me in to do the pitch with their you know colleagues and things but I feel like I've already had a warm lead in I actually haven't like pitched cold for anything um so that's been really nice I think and also I think um I don't know I think if 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 I if I think about the way that I've built my business being that I want to work on things that make me happy for me, the pitching process has also been me deciding if I want to work with them, which I know sounds really cocky, but it has been like that. Like I've, I went for a couple of, there's been a couple of times I've gone for a coffee with someone or a meeting with someone about me doing some social with them. And I've decided at the end of it that I wouldn't, it's not going to work out for us, for me to be their agency. And it's just because it's got to be the right fit. Otherwise it's, it's, I don't know. I don't feel I can, I can't do what I've promised you that I can do because it's not my skill sets. And secondly, like if, you know, personally, if it's not going to bring me joy um, or my, or my team joy, then it's not going to be right. So I'd much rather make every client right. So I think when you come in with that more, level playing field into a meeting you're not nervous because you're not desperately trying to get business because otherwise you might your business might collapse you know you're not coming from that like that pressure amazing um so what have been some of the main highlights and challenges as an entrepreneur so far oh i think highlights it's it's been so amazing honestly this journey of starting this business and and seeing it grow I think for me it was when I started building the team that I was just really humbled um, by it because it was it it is to this day still so amazing to watch this team of of, there's, there's four of us but to watch these people take my work and do it but have pride over it and you know sometimes not that I require them to but sometimes you know do extra hours where it needs to at the weekend because something's happened or whatever so it's like wow they're owning this like they, this is this is their career this is what you know they're, they're working on these projects which are were my projects and that's I don't know I just find it amazing that people want to work with me and for me and and yeah be as excited about the projects as me that's really that's a highlight I think for me for sure I think the challenge is, it's probably actually, funnily enough, in the same vein as what I just said with regards to the team. I mean, I have so much faith in people and humanity, but I think at the start, when you want to make sure everything's going right for a client, I get, um, and, my, and my team know it, and I've said to them, you guys know what I'm like, I'm sorry. So like, you know, I'm, I'm quite open about it, but I get very angsty at the start and I can get a little bit like, 
um, I don't know, like quite um, punchy and snappy about things at the beginning. And like, it's only comes from my place of, um, it's probably anxiety of wanting to make sure it all goes right. And that the cl- we, to make sure the client feel secure, that they've made the right choice in our agency, but it means that I'm maybe a bit too on top of them. And, and actually I think, yeah, that's the challenge is trying to make sure your, your team's really happy and feel really valued and the clients, you know, getting, everything they need and for me to be able to step away and know that's going to happen without me having to be involved with everything and I'm working quite hard on that at the moment with the stepping away but then you also equally the other challenge of that is as I said I'm quite passionate so when I have a new project I'm like oh yes I want to go do that and it's about not forgetting to you know not forgetting about old clients you've had for a year and getting too hung up and excited about the new project like trying to constantly move my time around so it's like evenly spread and everyone feels valued amazing um so I wanted to ask about how you deal with rejection and setbacks as an entrepreneur because I know when I've spoken to a lot of entrepreneurs you know maybe even at the beginning they might not have been as um blessed as you to have clients so easily or they might find it hard to have other people who buy into their vision um and even maybe they pitch for work and then they don't get it so how have you dealt with rejection and setbacks yeah um it's an interesting one I feel like I feel like it depends where I'm at um in myself actually because if I'm in quite a strong position so when I at the start when I first started JWU, as I said, I felt like, um, I actually was like praying on everything I did and I was really relying on, um, my faith and also my support network around me. So I felt like if I, if, if I didn't get something like, honestly, I really didn't mind, like a very much kind of handed everything over to God and, just felt like quite at peace with what will be will be but still putting in all the effort and, and groundwork to you know do my do things at my best ability so I felt quite relaxed at that but then actually as time's gone on um maybe sometimes I've not felt as secure in myself or in my faith or I've sort of forgotten that that's how I used to be and so those times like I've I've yeah I've become a bit frustrated sometimes when I've not got um when I've not won a pitch or um yeah something's gone a bit wrong so yeah how do I deal with it but I think it probably always does come back to that thinking of the bigger picture and just being like actually everything right now is still going really well I haven't had any setbacks that have meant um you know even during this period of time I've not had to lay off any team members or anything it's been I've been such a blessing so I've probably not had too many setbacks that are really um quite heart-wrenching yet so I can see things normally in perspective because I don't know, everything's sort of okay, <laughs> touch wood. And um, you did touch a little bit, but I'd love to hear how else your faith impacts, I guess, your day-to-day life and your work as an entrepreneur. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I talk about it really openly with my team. We talk about it like um, all the time about like my faith and, uh, you know, I'll often say like a prayer on it, not like I don't, I don't become weird or overbearing or anything about it, but that's like just a normal part of what I do. And then actually just one example is quite nice. Um, so I had the Anne Juliet Press Night. So um, Anne Juliet being the West End musical that I mentioned that we work on and Press Night being sort of like the premiere, the opening night. And it was probably the biggest event that I've worked on um, in my career, not just in my business, but actually in my career. Like it was this huge like um, 
premiere with like all these different celebrities arriving and it was massive and we had this huge production like thing set out with how we were going to be rolling out like the social strategy and stuff and it's really exciting and I actually because I really did want to make sure I prayed on it before literally just before things were about to kick off but I thought I probably will forget I actually asked one of my team members who's Christian I said oh if you remember can you grab me just beforehand and we'll quickly pray and um, amazingly she did because I was like run off my feet and then she was like Jenny can I borrow you and I was like I've forgotten I'd even asked this and then we just went into a room and we quickly prayed and it really just calmed I don't know just kind of made me feel like really at peace and like made me really like focused and then we went in and just had like the most amazing evening because I love what you said there um a couple of things and the first thing I think we can sometimes um kind of make it spooky like bringing faith into our work whereas a couple of things you said so one is trusting the bigger picture and trusting God's plan so you know even if we do get rejected by a client or something doesn't go the way that we think it does having faith in God that he is in control of the bigger picture um And as you said there with your colleague, it was just a little prayer before a huge night. Um, I love the way that you just illustrated it in such a kind of normal way, because I think for a lot of people, when they, you know, hear about faith, either you think it's maybe something just for Sunday or the idea of bringing it into other areas of life seems like really strange or kind of impractical. So it was great to hear how that impacts your business. Um, So you talked a lot about your team. What have been some of the key lessons um, you found in, I think, first identifying people who would be a good fit for your business, but then also building a coherent and cohesive unit? Everyone has basically started as a freelancer. And that's been quite amazing because I've constantly been like meeting new people, giving them little bits of projects to do like with JWU Social, um, like uh, just yeah, trying a few different things out here and there. And then if it's working well, this is again, I haven't really... I haven't meant to be doing this, but this is, this wasn't like a strategy. It just kind of naturally organically was happening. If they did quite well with that project, I just sort of kept them, you know, feeding them more things to do, more things to do until eventually it became actually, would you like to just be full time with me and, um, or three days a week, four days a week. So that's actually worked really well. So relationships seem to be a really kind of core aspect of you growing your business. Um, How have you managed to establish and also maintain and invest in such good relationships within work? Um, So, I mean, I feel like I've just sort of made everyone my friend in a weird way. Um, Yeah, I mean... Uh, somehow I've, I've just, yeah, become very good friends with, with all of the people that have worked for me or my clients. Um, and obviously I work in social media. So my personal social media, social is something that I post on a lot. Um, so I don't, I don't really post for my agency's Instagram very much at all. Actually, it's shocking, but in my terms of my own personal one, I'm always, always, always posting. And I think, that has meant that I've just always got this little touch point with these people that I've met along my career. And I'm always following everyone and making sure I, yeah, making sure they follow me back. And, um, even like the Warner brothers, um, um, gig that we got became because many years ago I did a contract role there and then I met the um, girl who works in marketing and then she follows me on Instagram and then so she just DM'd me one day and said oh we've got a project would you be interested in pitching for it and I nearly like spat my tea out <laughs> oh, <are you> joking 
was like, yes, I would be interested. Um, so it's just remarkable. Like, I think, I think it's just um, trying to stay in the forefront of people's minds, but not actually doing that in the really obvious salesy way. Amazing. Um, so I lastly want to touch upon identity. So we spoke a little bit about the big be- at the beginning, but have you ever suffered with imposter syndrome? And if so, how did you deal with it? Because obviously you've worked with so many absolutely incredible clients and people who've had agencies for, you know, 10, 15 years would dream of working with. So how have you, yeah, have you ever suffered with it? And if so, how have you dealt with it? Oh, absolutely. Massively. I think, I think for me, again, when I had this, this other business, this tech business, which was, it was a a social media scheduling platform that could be used by marketing teams and and agencies to schedule their social media content. But so it was like this software that we were selling in. And I think during that time I was going in and trying to get funding and um, pitching the idea in. And I just didn't feel like a tech entrepreneur. And, and I obviously had lost my sense of self as well. So I felt such imposter syndrome. And I, was, I basically was pretending to be someone else, which is, there, so there was an imposter. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a syndrome. I just was an imposter um, of myself. And um, I think the way I've dealt with that now is by constantly going back to um, who I am and being proud of that. And if when I go into a meeting and someone doesn't want to, well, let's first of all say they don't want to work with my agency because of me. Well, as long as I know that I was just me, then that's totally fine. Like, uh, you know, I don't want to work with you if you don't want to work with, with who I am, because that is very much part of my business. Like it's kind of very much one and the same. Um, so I think, yeah, just feeling very secure in who I am and also feeling really secure in my knowledge and knowing that actually I do know so much. And if they ask me a question that I don't know, that's okay. Because actually I think there's so much strength in saying, I don't know, because it's, you, you don't want to, I think someone would trust you every time you say you do know, they'll trust you 10 times more if you've told them one time you don't know, because they know it's going to be true when you do know, if that makes sense. Um, and then finally, the last point on that, I think um, the thing that's really helped me not feel imposter syndrome when I, when I go into rooms now is because I'm so proud of the knowledge of my team and I just think they're so phenomenal. So when I bring them in, I just feel so confident and proud of the people around me that I know that they can absolutely nail whatever it is that the meeting's about. So, um, yeah, so that kind of gives me that confidence as well. And my final question, you said before, um, obviously even the name of your business is very intertwined with who you are as a person. Um, How much is your identity intertwined with being an entrepreneur? And if so, or if not, have there been any times where you kind of want to separate the two or you've seen some of the challenges of having your identity so intertwined in your business? Yeah, I mean, my identity and JWoo is completely and utterly one of the same. And actually, I'm just rebranding at the moment because I felt like I really wanted to bring a lot more colour into um, my website and um, different marketing material and stuff. And I've never spent much time on my own um, social media channels on my own um, website and stuff because I've just been so blessed with having clients like so quickly to crack on with. Um, but now I'm sort of just using this time to try and rebrand and, and like show even more about the fact that JWoo and my personality and everything is just one of the same. Um, so yeah, so that's how it's entwined. Um, I guess the, the difficulty of that 
What's the difficulty of it? I mean, at the moment, I'm not finding it too difficult, but then I'm still quite a small agency. I imagine that if, as we, as I hopefully grow, I don't necessarily want me to be the sort of the glue for every single client, like the thing that they want to be actually me and my time, because that obviously just, that doesn't equal growing a business. I need to be able to step away. Um, so maybe it being too linked to me could be a challenge in the future, but I haven't really felt that yet. Um, so yeah, hopefully it's it should be okay. Um, and then in terms of like personally separating, for the first time ever really recently, I started wondering whether I should actually get like a separate phone because I'm really struggling to not be on it like 24-7. Yeah. And if I can put my personal phone and my personal Instagram and TikTok and all of that away, but not have the anxiety of what if a client WhatsApps or what if what, ha- you know, then it's like, actually, that's fine. I can go without my personal phone and just have my work phone for WhatsApp for any emergencies that happen and relax. Um, I know that seems really weird. It's like I'm choosing to take work with me when I go for my free time, not my personal phone for free time. But that's the thing that will help me have less anxiety because it's my personal phone that actually I do too, I use too much, like just so much. And I justify it. I'm like, well, this is research. <laughs> but it's not. It's procrastination. Um, so yeah, separating would be probably quite good. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jenny. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you know anyone who might benefit from this, go ahead and share this with them. Also, don't forget to rate and review. It really helps us out. See you next time.